It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now, now, here's Mike Adams 2.0. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. I usually would start off with who's going to replace Nick Saban? Who's going to replace Belichick? How about them Michigan Wolverines? But I want to start today's show. It was just recently noted that they're going to do a documentary on none other. None other. This guy deserves his own documentary. Diego Sanchez, known as the nightmare, known as the dream. I want to know both. So who'd they go out and get to be the director of this? Well, it's none other than a guy Albuquerque should know, Charlie Min. Channel 13 sports anchor, 40 documentaries under this man's belt, and we just so happen to have him as our guest today. Charlie, welcome to the show, sir. Buenos dias, mi amigo. It's Charlie Min, a director. Now, do you have a name for this documentary? Is there? Do you guys already have a title for the documentary? Nightmare. Wow. That's powerful, Charlie. Authentic. That's... That's who this man is. When you enter the octagon against this talent, this superior athlete from Del Norte, you know you're in for a nightmare. Shout out Del Norte, also a graduate of Del Norte High School right here. Now, Charlie, how did this come about? You know, we think about the great documentaries. Johnny Tapia's documentary is one of the best I've ever seen. You have 40 under your belt. How did this all come together for you and Diego? Bit of a fluke. Uh, I showed a movie at the Flicks Brew House in Rio Rancho in late October about fentanyl. Um, right now I'm working on a fentanyl trilogy as well. Uh, people want to get more information, they can go on fentanylunlimited.com. So we had a sold-out show at the Flicks Brew House, and who do I run into at the end is Teresa Tapia, um, Johnny Tapia's widow. And, uh, you know, we had talked before about possibly doing other documentaries. So we went, you know, we have a history. We went way back and we all of a sudden out of nowhere um, started talking about Diego Sanchez. So I had to really brush up on my MMA and UFC. And so for the past couple of weeks, I've become a 24-7 research guy on, on this topic and I always knew he was huge. I mean, when you mentioned Dana White and Joe Rogan, and uh, but I'm not going to say I was an expert on it. Uh, if this was a movie about the NHL, well, then yeah. I mean, I'm I'm an obsessed hockey guy, but uh, I appreciate the athleticism, uh, the courage, the guts to get into the ring, octagon, everything you you name it. And um, so we started talking, and it came about. So. Um, many thanks to Teresa Tapia, who, as you know, really makes things happen. And I think it was just a matter of time before Teresa and I got together because we're both kind of cut from the same cloth where uh, we make things happen. So um, certainly no surprise that we got together and this thing's going to happen. Charlie Min is our guest. Nightmare, the documentary of Diego Sanchez, coming soon. You'll start shooting the movie when? Be in town this weekend. Uh, we're going to film a bulk of it this weekend. We're going to be over at Jackson Wing Gym. We have that uh, meet and greet with Diego that we're going to film. So if anyone wants to be in the documentary, 
between 1230 and 2.30 at the Cottonwood Mall this Sunday. We'll be by the um, a beauty shop called Ultra, I believe it's called. But I, people will find it, trust me, when they see the, the commotion. Um, Diego has a huge fan base. We should never forget that he helped put MMA on the map in Albuquerque, um, if not nationally, with Tough, the Ultimate Fighter Season 1 in 2005. So uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things with this athlete, with this uh, with this Albuquerque uh, hero. Um, he deserves it. Diego Sanchez deserves a documentary. Absolutely. And, and I've always said this. You know, I, I remember the guys Latrell and Aaronsfield, and Tom Vaughn, and Winklejohn, and Jackson, and then it was Diego Sanchez, and I've said this from day one. Diego Sanchez put mixed martial arts on the map by winning Ultimate Fighter 1 because then it led to Ultimate Fighter 2 for fighters like Keith Jardine, Dan Christensen, Rashad coming to the gym at Jackson's. So his, his status after that victory really elevated the sport of mixed martial arts to some people say now, Charlie, we're the capital of mixed martial arts and combat sports of the world. Like Albuquerque is known for combat sports. New York is known for the Yankees or the Giants, <laughs> right? But combat sports to Albuquerque and to the state of New Mexico is our Yankees. It's our Dodgers. It's our Celtics. It's our Lakers. <laughs> Well, it's certainly big. No denying that. You know, Lobo basketball, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, tough season one, 2005, when no one knew which direction UFC was going to go in. Absolutely. And we can't forget about the late Stefan Bonner, who, by the way, died of fentanyl. Speaking of fentanyl. And, um, I mean, there were a lot of people that um, contributed to tough. Uh, that's, again, the ultimate fighter. But certainly... Diego was one of the main key guys that was involved in elevating the UFC. And I know that uh, Dana White will forever be grateful um, and almost indebted to uh, Diego Sanchez. Charlie Minns, our guest, you know him from Channel 13 Sports. He reminded me it was KGGM at the time he worked there. And you were animated. People don't know you, Charlie, but you had an animation to you when you gave out sports news. Yeah, but I'll tell you what happened. I was, like, literally right out of college, and uh, I wasn't ready. Uh, I had good ideas. I tried to revolutionize the position because I've always thought sportscasters kind of did it the same way, you know, kind of plain and mundane and, and just just normal. Yeah, I said to myself, you know, this is fun. Sports is, sports is meant to be fun. It's entertaining. Deliver it in that style. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, sports is an escape. People want to go. They don't go to the pit um, to be bored. They go to the pit to be on the edge of their seats, you know, to to look at the athletes, to cheer, to boo, to to get emotional. And I'll never understand the sports casting position for the rest of my life. Why it's why most the most of the guys delivering it are so mundane. I don't get it. This is sports. Get excited. It's okay to get excited. It's okay to crack a joke. Sports is entertainment. It's an escape. So, anyway, growing up in New York, one of my heroes was Warner Wolf. He's the one that influenced me the most from watching him to become a sportscaster and 
I did it for 10 years. You know, people in Albuquerque may not know that Albuquerque was not my only market. I went to um, other markets like Fresno, uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, Cleveland. I covered LeBron James. Uh, I was at the WWF with Vince McMahon, who <laughs> Dana White's another Vince McMahon, let's face it. So uh, I've certainly had my share of moments, and uh, documentary filmmaking found me uh, 15 years ago. And here I am, 15 years later, I, I never made a better decision in my life. And it all started in New Mexico with the unsolved bowling alley massacre from Las Cruces. That's where it all started. Charlie Min is our guest. He said sports should be entertaining. And I think it was Russell Crowe, or was it Maximus, who said, Are you not entertained? And that's what Charlie Min wanted to bring to the table. Yeah, but I wasn't ready. It wasn't polished. That was my point. I was not mature. I was not refined. You know, maybe if I had a crack at it now, of course, I would be a lot more. Yeah, there'd be a lot of stick, but there'd be a lot of substance. There'd be a lot more stock. Uh, you, you just don't want sizzle. You got to back it up with some stock. Mm. And I think I think now if I did it, and I'm not promoting myself for a job, you know, I'm I'm doing very well as a documentary filmmaker. If I ever got a second crack at it, maybe even in Albuquerque, I would bring the stock. It just wouldn't be the sizzle. Woo! So, yeah, I mean, if you cook a steak, you got to cook it, right? Yeah, you hear the sizzle. Mm. Your mouth, your mouth is salivating. You can't, you can't wait to put the sauce on there, the mashed potatoes, and the corn, and whatever. But you got to have the stock. You got to bring the knowledge, the substance, the depth, and you want to make the audience laugh and also go, you know, something that dude knows what he's talking about. I respect that. If you make a steak, you got to have the sizzle sell behind the glass. There's no steak without no sizzle. Let's get back to Charlie Min. Charlie, Diego Sanchez, his resume is second to none. When you look at the 44 fights, he ducked no one. The guy would fight anybody, anytime, any place. Diego Sanchez, to me, represents Albuquerque. Like, this guy is Albuquerque, and I'm so happy that the documentary, The Nightmare, Charlie Mann Director, is going to happen this weekend. I encourage everybody to go out to the meet and greet, It's it, it, and Diego's so great with his fans. He's been in studio live, I can't tell you how many times, but this is exciting for me, Charlie, not only as a fan, but knowing what Diego has brought to this community. And it makes me excited to know that another one of our guys, when I say our guys, Johnny Tapia, Danny Romero, Holly Holm, Austin Trout, I can go on and on that something, a, a documentary is due for this man. You know, I'm glad you mentioned, and we're going to get to Diego, trust me. I'm glad you mentioned Danny Romero. When I was a sportscaster in Albuquerque, Danny Romero came into my studio and we did a whole segment live on KRQE. If, if anyone out there can help me get to Danny Romero, I would love to have him in the movie. I'd love to interview him. I'd love to meet him again. It's been over 30 years. He was a great kid. My God, what a wonderful kid back then, of course. And uh, he came in with his dad, and I'll never forget it. Even though it was 32 years ago or 31 years ago, I felt like it happened yesterday. I could totally remember. He, he was a teenager when he came in. And uh, he came in. He was such a confident kid, but, but a respectful kid. And uh, I'd love to get, uh, I'd love to get him in the in the documentary because he's meant so much to Albuquerque. But going back to Diego, yes, Diego Sanchez is Albuquerque, New Mexico. That guy 
loves Albuquerque. He always talks about Albuquerque. He always talks about New Mexico. He represented Del Norte High School with such integrity, was an outstanding uh, state champion at Del Norte. And um, the one beautiful thing about Diego is he never forgets his roots. He has a great family. Uh, we're going to interview his mom um, this weekend. And um, when you think of Diego Sanchez, you think about a warrior and you think about Albuquerque, New Mexico. Let's not make any mistake about that. Charlie Min, I got Micah Frankel in studio. For those of you listening, Charlie Min's the guest. The new documentary on Diego Sanchez titled The Nightmare. Um, the, the, Actually, just nightmare. Just, just nightmare. The not the nightmare. Yeah. It's yeah, nightmare. we don't even need to say the nightmare. Just one word, nightmare. And you know what you're getting yourself into. Michael Frankel, what do you have for Charlie Min? Charlie, you've mentioned it. The last thing that you were working on, the thing you're currently working on, fentanyl, and then you're jumping into this Diego Sanchez project. How much different of an approach is it as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, do you go from a sub? A subject that's a a pandemic and a plague into a inspirational story. How much different is your approach as a filmmaker? Yeah, well, thank God I have a sports background. So going from such a serious topic like fentanyl to an athlete, um, yeah, that's an adjustment for sure. But you approach it with the same type of hard work and research and getting to the facts and asking intelligent questions and compelling questions. And I think in Diego's case. I'm going to let him basically take over the show. I mean, when this guy talks, people listen. Um, he's, he's an enigma. He's unpredictable. You don't know what's coming out of his mouth. Um, a lot of people probably don't understand him completely, 100%. This, is a, this will be an unfiltered documentary where people will get to know Diego Sanchez and his inner thoughts and his emotions and even maybe his demons. We're going to talk about a lot of topics. We're going to talk about sex addiction. We're going to talk about lust. We're going to talk about alcohol. We're going to talk about his greatest UFC fights. We're going to talk about his fight with Austin No Doubt Trout with bare knuckles. We're going to talk about season that season one, everything about it. Dana White, Joe Rogan. We're going to, I'm going to ask him what his hobbies are. I'm going to ask him, what are you doing at night when no one's watching? This is unfiltered 101, baby. Charlie Minns, our guest. Nightmare, the documentary, starts filming tomorrow here in Albuquerque. The meet and greet is on Sunday, you said, Charlie? Yeah, at the Cottonwood Mall from 1230 to 2.30. Um, if people want to get down there and be a part of the documentary or meet Diego, get an autograph, take a, take a selfie, take some pictures, uh, maybe I'll get there a little Maybe people should get there a little bit early. Um, you know, I don't know how many people will turn out my hunch is that a lot of people will. Um, obviously, you got a guy like Diego, uh, his wife, Teresa Tapia, that was just uh, uh, announced yesterday on KRQE News. Between those two, they have almost 1 million followers on their social media handle. So God only knows how many people will come out Sunday at Cottonwood Mall between 1230 and 2.30 to meet an Albuquerque hero in Diego Sanchez. The legend. Diego Sanchez, when it comes to mixed martial arts. Now, side note real quick, Charlie, Ovechkin or Gretzky, who do you who do you take first? Oh, you got to go with 99. You got to go with Wayne. I saw Wayne play, uh, greatest hockey player ever to live. Uh, some people will say Bobby Orr. Some people might say Mario Lemieux. Um, I, mean, I got to go with 99. 
Um, Ovechkin's incredible, of course. But if you notice, he's been slowing down lately. He's not scoring like he used to. I'm not sure he's going to break the record. I- I'm really not sure. That That's a debatable question, whether he's going to break Wayne Gretzky's all-time record for career goals. Where do you put Mark Messier in your top 10 list? Well, I think he's won six Stanley Cups, so you got to put him probably the greatest leader in NHL history, um, the greatest captain in NHL history, but not the greatest player, but the greatest leader. He was ferocious. You know, when I grew up in Long Island, I was not an, I was not an Islander fan, so when they were playing the Oilers in the finals in the 80s, trust me, I was rooting for Messier, Gretzky, Anderson, Fjord, Glenn Sather. I was rooting for Edmonton. Luke Robitaille or Yamir Yager? Oof. Um, I know Luke. Luke was in my movie about L.A. Kings announcer Bob Miller. Uh, you know, you got to go with Yager because of the longevity. Um, but not by a lot. I, I would put Yager one and Luke uh, number two, but not a distant two. Yeah, Yager won how many cups with Pittsburgh? Two? Two cups. Uh, I, I think Luke won one with Detroit, I believe. But but that's a close one. These are great questions you're asking. It's not like I, not like I talk hockey with a lot of people because a lot of people don't follow the sport. It's not marketed well. I think it's getting better, and it started with the draft in Nashville as they started to make it more fun, more encompassing, more fan-friendly. Diego Sanchez, the documentary... Nightmare. He's going to start filming tomorrow in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Charlie Min, the director. Thanks for taking time out, Charlie, of your busy schedule. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, well, today. And not just that, Charlie, this is a documentary that is going to be watched, not just locally. Let me just tell you, Diego Sanchez is known globally. So this documentary, I'm looking forward to. I kind of already want to watch it, but I know you got to you got how long does it take to do a documentary? Six months, eight months, a year? Well, for me, it's more like four months, four to six months. I've made forty in fourteen years, so it's about three a year. So it always breaks down to roughly four to six months. I work very quickly. I'm a New Yorker. Everything with me is fast. Uh, in my whole life, I think of one word: fast. You know, no boring stuff. I mean, let's get it on. You live once, but if you make the most of it. Once is enough. And um, I'll close this interview by saying there's only one word for Diego Sanchez. Just one word. Go ahead. Guts. Yeah. The most, the most beautiful part of a human being is guts. If you show guts in life, I don't care who you are, where you're from, if you show guts in life, people will respect you. Period. Charlie Min, great talking to you today. I'll see you. I'll see you later. Continued success to you, and 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 I'm excited for this documentary. I really am. Like, I'm a guy who watches documentaries. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Charlie Min was our guest. ESPN Radio, 101.7. The team, Mike Adams, 2.0. Make sure you catch us on Apple Podcast. Spotify podcast. Go to at Mike Adams 2.0. And don't forget the merch. We'll be right back. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Welcome back, Mike Adams 2.0. What a great guest in Charlie Min, the director of Nightmare. 
They're doing a documentary on Diego Sanchez, going to tell you the life story of Diego Sanchez that's being filmed today. Now, let's get to our next guest, one of my favorite people in the world. And let me tell you something. This guy, this guy goes to the garden and beats Cotto. And then he says, you know what? Bring me Luis Palomino, the number one pound-for-pound bare-knuckler, and let me go take the title in Florida. Austin, no doubt, Trout, welcome to the show, my man. Mike, what's happening, man? Thank you, bro. Where are you training at right now? Are you down in Cruces? I'm in Houston. I'm uh, at Main Street Gym training with Bobby Bain. How are you feeling for this, champ? You look great against Diego Sanchez, and right away you said, I want the title shot. Yeah, give me the best. I feel great. This camp has been going wonderful. I'm like, I just finished sparring, um, you know, a couple guys. August says I'm sharp, and I'm just looking forward to this this fight. Um, you know, to be a two sport world champion that's that's nothing to oh, it's, it's, train those up at. Austin, no doubt, Trout's our guest, the former world champion of boxing. And Austin, I always tell you this: you ducked nobody. Canelo, Lara, Charlo. Now Luis Palomino. I mean, Luis Palomino. Does he know who he's stepping in with? I hope he doesn't. I, I think he really believes that, that you know, he's going to bulldoze me or something. But, you know, I keep trying to tell people, say, honestly, Luis Palomino is as tough as he is, and I'm not taking him lightly. I know he's a very dangerous fighter. Uh, you know, we're watching his film. We're, we're doing all the appropriate steps needed to become victorious. But he's not the toughest dude that I've ever faced before. You know, as far as killers go, I've been in there with some killers. But on the other hand, I am the toughest Muslim he has ever faced. MMA career, bare knuckle career, bar none. So uh, I think that's going to be the difference. You know, what's, what's going to happen when things don't go his way? Austin, no doubt Trout is our guest on Mike Adams 2.0 ESPN 101.7, the team now. Austin, what did it feel like? You, you've worn gloves your whole life. What did it feel like? <laughs> what did it feel like that night when you just started snapping with your knuckles? Dog, it felt so good. I can't. I can't lie. <laughs> um, I, you know, I haven't been in a fist fight in such a long time. But if anybody knows what it feels like to really just connect, and you can feel every all the energy, you know, not just go through your body and, and into the the opponent. Um, There's no better feeling, you know. I, I I really liked it. I'm not gonna lie. Micah Frankel also here in studio. Austin, you said you're at a boxing gym training for this bare-knuckle fight. Do you feel that there's any adjustments that you have to make to your training in preparation for bare-knuckle compared to what you were doing for boxing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's definitely an MMA um, element to this bare-knuckle. They allow the clinching, the holding, the hitting. And so getting ready for that has actually been... Well, not just fun, because I like to learn, one. But it has been a learning experience. Like, there's, there's a lot of intricacies with that. Uh, grab, standing grappling, as I like to call it. Um, and I'm pretty good at it. You know, the dirty boxing suits me. So, you know, I feel like they just unlocked another element to my arsenal of being, uh, you know, a well-rounded fighter. Um, so, so I, with that said, I am training here. My, the gym I'm training at here at Main Street Boxing, Muay Thai, and jiu-jitsu is, is also, you know, uh, MMA gym. And Kubo Bob, Bob Perez, he's been helping me with the intricacies 
of the you know the the holding, the clinching, the hitting, the dirty boxing, the standing grappling, whatever you want to call it. We see you make your debut in the sport against Diego Sanchez here at Tingley, and I've had to use you as an example now, or been able to use you as an example now when I've talked to many bare-knuckle boxers to say, hey, look, defense is possible in this sport. How much do you think you opened up people's eyes with that performance, showing them that it doesn't have to always be a brawl? Well, I know I opened up a lot of, you know, uh, possibilities for other fighters thinking about maybe I can, you know, adjust my game and make it a, you know, a more, uh, what's the word, advantage fight for a boxer. And with the jab and, you know, just the setback, uh, it opened up a lot of doors. And I know a lot of fighters got interested because they started hitting me. It's like, well, you know, how's that bare knuckles? And I'm like, bro, I like bumps of promotion. I love, the, you know, the, how they, they, they really do kind of, you know, try to make, Everybody, somebody is what it seems. And so um, it definitely didn't watch. When I win this title, you want to see a lot of them cats coming over. And that's when I'm like, man, you know what? I'm, I'm going <laughs> to you, you Bama's didn't want to fight me in the box, and now you want to come to the band effort. So that, that'll be great. Austin Trout's our guest, Mike Adams 2.0. Now, Austin, I don't think people know this. So let me let, let me say a few things right now. Austin Trout, for those of you who don't know, 163 victories as an amateur and made the Olympic boxing team as an alternate. That was in Athens, Greece. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not only that, when you made your debut in 2005 in Albuquerque, New Mexico, it catapulted you to the garden to beat Cotto. And people forget you beat Canelo's brother in his backyard. So you fight. That's right. You beat Canelo's brother in his backyard. You beat Cotto in his backyard. Is this Palomino's backyard? This is his home away from home. I think he's Peruvian, but this is where he's at. Hey, um, you know, Miami, which is like 20 miles south. So this is his backyard. This is going to be a pro uh, Palomino crowd. Um, but, you know, we've been here before. And another fact I'd like to add is that I made that debut in Albuquerque on the Holly Home undercard, which you beat Christy Martin. That was a fight that kind of catapulted her to, I think, what, eight-time world champion? Uh, you know, three-weight division. Eighteen-time. One of the GOATs. For Two sure. Time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What an incredible <laughs> One resume. of the GOATs. You know what I mean? For sure. calling herself the GOAT, but she didn't check Holly Holmes' resume. That's my man, Austin Trout, repping New Mexico. And here's the thing. You, get, you don't want Austin Trout to go to your backyard. That's my point. You don't want him in your yeah, backyard. Man. That's true. Austin, don't worry. I'm going to be out there. So I'm going to go get that belt, and then, you know, I like to bring somebody in my backyard. <laughs> and, Austin, don't worry. I'll be out there in Florida with you. I'll be there to get an interview with you live. Can't wait to see that fight. Awesome. You and I, the last time I saw you, was up in Colorado. You were having some pizza, and I thought this fight was about to come to fruition. Me After too, that <laughs> night, did you expect to revisit Bare Knuckle? Because I know negotiations, they are what they are. You went and did a couple boxing matches since the Diego fight. Did you expect to revisit Bare Knuckle? So I was very hoping to. You know, I, I was, it wasn't for, for lack of interest on my part. I, I was kind of bummed. I thought, like, oh, little woman, no more. What the heck? I was about to run this ish. But, um, you know, when we did finally got the call, and I know they were going through, you know, all kinds of, uh, 
I don't want to say issues. They, they've been doing great. So they've been going through a lot of revamping and, and whatnot. Um, but I'm glad that they doubled back and came back and given me this opportunity. So I'm very grateful. And they didn't forget about me. You know what I'm saying? Austin, I know how busy you are. Next time you're in Albuquerque, come by the studio. I don't know if you remembered last time you were here, you, you co-hosted with me and you sat in studio with me. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, how can I forget? You know, I've came in and hanging out with you a couple of times in the studio. Hey, hey, and I still tell everybody, best dresser out of everybody I'm around <laughs> is Austin No Doubt Trout. I appreciate that, man. My mama, she dressed me up good. Now my wife does. <laughs> so I give them the credit. <laughs> hey, go get them, champ. We'll be rooting for you. Micah, be there live. And then once you bring, that, once you bring that belt back home, you know how happy we are for you, champ. No, I thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. You guys have a good one. You too. That was Austin No Doubt Trout. He'll be fighting for the BKFC Championship against the pound-for-pound best. Luis Palomino. The baboon has been on a tear. 9-1 in BKFC, 9 consecutive wins, 2 weight division world champion. Interesting circumstance, Mike. BKFC puts two belts on Palomino. He starts to say, I need a big fight. I need a big name. The promotion said, well, to make that happen, we might need to take away one of the belts so that the division is not blocked up while you're going for a big fight. The welterweight title becomes vacant. We have an incredible fight. We have a champion crowned. That champion decides to fight outside of the organization without permission. The welterweight title is now vacant and on the line. So Luis Palomino, Austin Trout, originally announced as a welterweight super fight, is for the vacant BKFC welterweight title fight. Just adding that much more, that extra cherry on top of the Sunday for what's going to be an incredible card. Well, we talk about champ champs. McGregor, Cejudo, Cormier, I can go on and on, right? Champ champs? Champ champs. Manda Nunes, champ champ? Champ champ. Luis Palomino's a champ champ. He's the champ champ. But Austin Trout is about to try to do something that we ain't never seen before. We're talking about champ champ, not just in weight classes, not just in one sport, but we're talking about transcending those sports. We ain't seen champ champ since like Deion Sanders was trying to do it with the Falcons and the Braves. We're talking about two different sports. And two different world titles can be hanging there on the mantle for Austin Trout after February 2nd. I'll tell you right now, Austin Trout, one of my favorite people. Olympian, incredible amateur, world champion, but all around good guy. So good to hear from you today, Austin Trout. You're listening to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Welcome back, Mike Adams 2.0. You talk about a guest list today. We're starting 2024 off. For those of you just joining us, Charlie Min was our first guest. He will be the director of the new documentary, Nightmare, the story of Diego Sanchez. That'll be filming today, Mike. I know you, you have an interview down there. Also, we had Austin No Doubt Trout. Diego, one of my favorite people. Austin, no doubt, Trout, one of my favorite people. He's going to be fighting Luis Palomino for the BKFC championship. And we also had him on Great Interview Champ. But now, Micah, it's time for Factor Fiction. And you know how many people come up to me and say, 
That's a fact. I said, I'd love it. That means you're listening. Go ahead, Mike. A fact or fiction? Bama will never be the same without Nick Saban. That's a fact. Now, here's the hard part. Everybody wants that job, right? But then who really wants that job? Think about what I just said. Premier job in college football. Is it the premier job in college football? It is the biggest shoes to fill in college football. I don't know what the premier job is. Excuse me, Mike, and we're going to go off on a tangent. If you told me it was Michigan, if you told me at one point it was USC, if you said it was Notre Dame, if you told me it was Alabama, there's probably 10 to 15 schools, maybe 20, that you could put out there and say it is a premier job. So I will agree with you, fact, that Alabama is one of those. So let me ask you this, just to put it in perspective. Mike Krzyzewski was the coach of Duke, right? Right. Who's the coach of Duke? That's a hard one to answer. There you go. So no matter who gets it, right, whether you're Dabo Sweeney, Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, there's all these names being thrown around. The guy from Oregon, you're talking about six national championships. Nine conference championships. In the SEC, Micah. In the thick of the thick. If you have a season where you're nine and four, that could be hard on the stomach. If you go eight and four, if you go seven and five, ugh, that could be rough, Micah. This might be a era like we've never will see again. If you go twelve and two, if you lose three games, Micah, you could be on the hot seat at Alabama. If you lose three games, yeah, you're not even talked about in the CFP. We're not even having you in the tournament expanded field next year. Three losses, a hot seat. Whoever takes the job, I think they understand the magnitude of it. I think it has to be somebody who learned under Saban, right? Who spent some time in Alabama. Because these are huge shoes to fill. Fact or fiction, Bill Belichick is still going to go after the all-time wins record. Fact. So you think he's returning? San Diego Chargers. San Diego's. See, here was my question. Do you wait? And observe the field. Because we got playoff weekend here. And and if you're telling me the Eagles or the Cowboys unceremoniously got bounced in the first round, I want a ready-made Super Bowl roster. You are right with Justin Herbert is the most attractive quarterback on the market of the teams looking. But in another weekend, we might have a whole different batch of teams looking. So I agree with you that he's sticking around. And also, Atlanta is an interesting destination just because Arthur Blank, their owner, he's went after Parcells. He tried to offer Belichick a a a contract before. He is somebody that wants to make a big splash, so I wouldn't hold them out as being that dark horse in the race. I don't think the Falcons have enough right now. He's going to want to win one right now. He's going to want to be put in a situation, right, with a Dak and a Micah Parsons. That's a great – actually, I that that could happen. If McCarthy if they loses, don't win it. Yeah. Jerry does have a rapport with Bill Belichick already. Chargers, Justin Herbert, they have a good core unit. And and here's the thing. A lot of their games were only lost on one possession, whether it was a field goal or a touchdown. So you tell me they're close. They're close. So, yes, he'll coach again, Michael. The Patriot way will not be lost in New England, fact or fiction. I don't think the Patriot way will be lost, so that's fiction, because I think it starts with Kraft. I think Kraft's a great owner. Now, whoever becomes the head coach there, they just got to regroup. 
they're in a regroup situation. And what you don't want to happen, Micah, because they built a dynasty there. Nine Super Bowls that they appeared in. Won six. The Patriot way is going nowhere. Breaking news from Mike Adams. 37-year-old, now the youngest coach in the NFL, Gerard Mayo, who's been in the system, came up in that unit, learned from Belichick. He is remaining the coach. I think all the pressure goes on what the choice is for general manager now. That is the bigger hole that Belichick leaves because he just didn't cook these meals. He shot for the groceries for the last two decades. Who's stocking the shelves now, Mike? Well, here's the thing. Let's go back to this. So what you don't want to happen, what they win this year? Four games? Were they four wins this year? It might have been five and 12, four, four and 13. I'll, I can look it up real quick. What you don't want, Micah, is for that to be consistent, right? You don't want to win five games next year because then you turn into the Raiders, right? You turn into the Raiders where we haven't seen the Super Bowl since, I believe, 2002, 2003, and we haven't won a championship since, I believe, 84, 85. We, you don't want your franchise to turn to that. You can't let that happen. And just for the record, it was four wins for the Patriots this year. So, fact or fiction? Well, it's more actually, let's just give me your preference. Is it Harbaugh or is it Pierce? Because you got a lot of the locker room banding around AP. And I don't know if the good vibes are enough. But we thought Jeff Saturday had a chance last year to remain the coach of the, coach of the Colts. He nowhere performed to the level that AP, that Antonio Pierce, was able to get out of the Raiders. He at least was a true motivator for that squad. Well, Saturday was never intended to be the head coach. And Pierce has done a good job. I think, and, and let me tell you why you go Harbaugh. Let me just tell you my reason. Three NFC championship games. Three NFC championship games, one appearance in a Super Bowl. He's going to get you to the playoffs. And, 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 I think we start there. If you're the Raider coach, just get us to the playoffs. Once we get to the playoffs, let's see what happens. But I think Harbaugh has a proven track record when he was with the Niners. Now he wins a national championship with the Michigan Wolverines and had Michigan. When was it? Last year when TCU beat Michigan and everybody was amazed. But I thought Michigan was going to win it last year. They ended up winning it this year. Congratulations. Blake Corum, two big plays. I I don't know if he's going to transition to the NFL, but you got to shout him out for the touchdowns and for being the leader of that offense for the last three seasons for the Wolverines. Would you use Corum the way you use McCaffrey? I would like to see that. I think he is that mobile. He has that many options. He has that kind of vision for cuts in the middle of the field. I think you could. Shout out to the Michigan Wolverines. It had been since the 90s since you won a national championship. Think about that storied program with no national championships since the 90s, Micah. And this turned it all around. Now it changes. Here could be a big change. Do you see a change in Chicago? We know that what they're doing with the coach. They have that number one overall pick, and you have Justin Fields. Everyone's weighing in on it. Well, fact or fiction Justin Fields will not be under center for the Bears next season. I'm going to say fiction. And, and I'm going to tell you this. For a minute, I thought you were going to go with the Bulls. Does, does Zach Levine end up on the Lakers and DeRozan end up on the Golden State Warriors? Because I think that team, they're just, going to, they're just going to trade at the trade deadline. One of them's gone by the trade deadline. Levine's gone. Let's go back to the Bears now. I think Justin Fields stays. And I, the Bears have the first pick, right? They got number one, and they got number nine. So one nine and Justin Fields, you should be fine. Or if you trade one nine for some serious, serious help for Justin Fields. 
Well, here's the thing, and last year, Justin Fields was at 7.1 yards per attempt. He got an incredible number one bona fide receiver in DJ Moore this year, and his yards per attempt dropped to 6.9. They actually decreased. Here's the problem. Justin Fields is coming up on that time where you would offer a contract extension. You got to wonder if you are win-now ready for the Bears because the other opportunity is can you take Atlanta's number one draft pick? Atlanta has been very voiceless about wanting to welcome back home the Georgia native Justin Fields. If you're able to do that and take more assets and then grab a cheaper quarterback, that's how you're able to circumvent the salary cap and get more for your money because if you don't feel like you're ready to win now, how can you pay Justin Fields that next contract money? And we all know that starts to eat away at the pie that you're able to give to the rest of the team. Scooting back to the Patriots real quick, Micah. And I know Brady became part owner of the Raiders. But if you're Kraft, do you ask Tom Brady to be the head coach of the New England Patriots? I think that would be the move. You want to keep it the Patriot way? You put Tom Brady with the headset. It'd be interesting if Tom Brady... I just don't see Tom Brady. You didn't see Michael Jordan. Did you see Dan Marino... As uh, as the guy with the headset calling the plays, I don't know. Sometimes that upper echelon superstar, I just don't see them transitioning to coach. Here was the difference of the two guys you mentioned, right? Tom Brady was the coach of the Patriots with Belichick. LeBron James is the coach with whoever the head coach is. Now he's the head coach with Darvin Ham. Before that, he was the head coach with Spolstra. Before, do you understand where I'm going with this? Like, Brady, I think, would be great with a headset. Just like LeBron, I think, would be a phenomenal head coach. Now, they're gonna they're owners. Like, you see LeBron owning the next franchise. Brady's part owner of the Raiders now. But they would also be great coaches, Micah. They could be great coaches. I, I, if Brady was just like LeBron, though, it'd be hard to coach with that revolving door. Because you hit it right now. We're about that point in the season where we're back to our lay moment. I told you we'd get there some point in this season where we have a lay moment. Where, of course, LeBron is saying the team isn't good enough and we don't have enough. How do we fix that moment? Well, that well, I can't say fact or fiction because it has to be fixed. Because you're not going to have many more seasons with AD and LeBron. But that is a fact that there needs to be something fixed in LA. Absolutely. And whatever that is, they have to do it quickly because LeBron maybe has two more years. You agree? LeBron may have four more years or five. We've never seen an engine and a machine run at this efficient of a level. We've never seen somebody committed to their health and their recovery in the way that LeBron James is. Not to mention we've seen somebody that has transformed his game into, hey, yeah, no, Austin Reeves run the offense. Okay, give it to me for two minutes. I'm going to take over. Here, you can have it back. LeBron has picked and choose his moments very efficiently to also maintain this level of play. Anthony Davis might be the move to make. You are the be second the- person I've heard say that. Would you do Anthony Davis for another superstar? Absolutely. Absolutely. You Who have- would you do? Joel Embiid. I don't know if you get Joel Embiid. Jason but, but- Tatum. See, that's an interesting name. Could you get a maybe a Donovan Mitchell? What about Mitchell and Allen or Mitchell and Mobley going from Cleveland to help LeBron. How about Przingis and Tatum for AD? 
But how many, I don't know if you're getting both of those for AD. You're probably having to give up AD Reeves and D'Lo. You know, how about you give up, I know Adams is hurt for Memphis, but give up Adams and Morant. I know they're both hurt, but if they were both healthy, but if they were both healthy, that might work in LA. But if you're going to keep AD, it's tough. See, when Mike Adams goes to the internet trade machine, he just literally says which team would give up for the Lakers. He doesn't fully understand this concept of the Lakers need to give back. He's like, who could give up to make my all-star team? We can't go back to the Nintendo 64 and take off the trade blocker so we can just get the all-star team on the Lakers. How about Carl Anthony Towns and Edwards for AD? That Edwards is the next level superstar. AD for Edwards isn't even balanced. But AD for Cat would totally be a balanced trade. And that'd be interesting to see the three-point shooting and being able to take uh, that pressure off of LeBron. Now it adds extra defensive pressure. I think that the move to make, like you said, is it's eventually going to be Austin Reeves for Zach Levine. And if you're lucky, maybe you throw in enough that you do bring back Caruso but that's probably going to take Hachimura, whatever draft pick you have available, and something else that you don't want to part with, like a Vanderbilt. Would you trade Would you trade Draymond Green, Wiggins, for AD? I think you do that, but I don't know if that helps the offense flow enough for the Lakers. I, and I don't know. Maybe, what about this one? Do you do D'Lo for Klay Thompson? Do you bring back Clay Thompson to the Lakers? Because you got to understand, you need somebody that can make open threes. And I don't see Russell being able to do it right now. This is why he has demoted himself to the second section on the bench there. It's tough business in the NBA, Micah. Hey, we know that it's tough business for the Lakers. Mike, fact or fiction has went by really fast. It's a fact that the Lakers need to fix, and it's a fact that there's going to be a whole heap of fun in the coaching carousel. And did you, by the way, see it's a fact? The Dodgers have spent more money in free agency than every other team combined. Well, with the Dodgers spend, they could have bought probably 24 teams, additional teams. Like, they could, they could have just said, this would have been easier sell behind the glass. You know what, Philadelphia Phillies? I'm going to buy the entire roster, right? All 50 players for this much money, or however many players are on a baseball team, 40. You know what? Here, here's $2 billion. Instead, they got three players. But here, I'll take your whole roster. You'll have 39 pitchers in the bullpen. You see where I'm going with this? One last factor fiction for you, Mike. The USFL-XFL merger. The new UFL. This will combined be more successful than they were individually. That's a fact. That's a fact. And here's the thing, Mike. It's good for football. Factor fiction, Mike. It goes quick. Time flies when you're having fun, Mike. Everybody, if you have the time, go over to CageMinds.com. Check out what I'm doing. YouTube Cage Minds MMA show. Cage Minds across your social media to see what we're doing. Sal behind the glass. What a pleasure in the new year. Three years now. Three. That's what I'm talking about right there. For Joe O'Neill, the president. For Alyssa Ryan and Preston John Michael. Don't forget to go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, at Mike Adams 2.0. Check out all the merch. I'm going to have the new merch soon. Guess what? Hoodies. Are coming in. Sell behind the glass. Still waiting to see those designs on the new hats. Oh, wait till you see the design of all designs. Oh, the expectations 
taken to a next level. We'd like to thank all our guests and you, the listener. You're listening to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team.